We are your hosts, Juanel and Onikage. Our podcast provides a selection of stories from various food personalities in restaurants around the world. Every food tells a story. We are both on the autistic spectrum and love to share our love of food. So what better way to express that is to find guests involved in the food industry and to talk about all things food and their stories. Today's guest is Colby McNeil, founder and chief culinary officer of Sweets in the Jar, a black-owned dessert company based in Little Rock, Arkansas. Colby has a passion for both athletics and baking, earning the name Cakes by his peers. His experimentation helped create desserts in perfectly portioned jars. Some flavours include red velvet, strawberry and even 7-Up. All of these are labelled with creative names. The real MVP, which is white chocolate, is one example of this. Sound amazing? Deliveries are still available at this time of recording. Who doesn't want to relieve their sweet tooth during these COVID-19 times? Yep, definitely something right there, huh, Oni? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And before we get into our conversation with COVID McNeil of Sweets in a Jar, Oni, let's talk about desserts, if you're okay with that. That sounds good. Uh, I, I got quite a sweet tooth, so... Okay, yeah, because this is just off the fly, though. I'll, yeah. I'll probably keep this. I'll, I'll just keep it <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Yeah, this is off the fly here. Okay, yeah. When I thought about this, I thought about tiramisu. It's like, I think, a chocolate dessert to where it's chocolate flavoring mixing with some white stuff in it or something like that. Like, I think cake frosting, but... If I remember correctly, that has coffee in it as well. A coffee, yeah, yeah. That's what tiramisu has. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's quite uh, it's quite nice. It's, I wouldn't say it's my, it's my favourite or anything, but it's it's nice to have now and then. I think I'm more the indulgent type who likes um, double chocolate gattles and things like that. <laughs> or have like huge ass pancakes with um, like, chocolate ice cream on top and things like that. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait. Let, let's go back for a second. You have chocolate ice cream on top of those big pancakes? I did once, yeah, um, and I was on holiday. And they were quite expensive, but it was actually worth it because I was pretty full afterwards. It was a big it was a big breakfast. Well, it's more of a dessert than a breakfast, but it was, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was worth it. And it was really nice. I think it was a mixture of chocolate and vanilla, if I remember correctly. Um, I need to look for old pictures of it. <laughs> but it was really good, so... Because I'm just wondering, Oni, was that something that you personally made or was it something that you went to a shop in Scotland and they actually had that on the menu? Oh, it was actually um, a resort park in England as I was on holiday. So really? I, unfortunately, <laughs> I didn't make it. But <laughs> <laughs> I, I was about to say, like, when you said a resort park in England, it's like, what the heck? <laughs> I've never heard nothing like that. Like, you know, because here's the thing, like, for example, like outside dessert. A dish that you would probably think that, oh my gosh, they really do that, is like chicken and waffles. Mm. And you would think, chicken and waffles? It's like you would think, who would put chicken and waffles together, you know? It's like, you know? But yeah, it's actually a good whenever you have a chance, try it out. But um, it's just, it's an interesting combination, though, because you wouldn't think ice cream and pancakes would go together. It's like, you know, because what I would usually think is like blueberries over pancakes or something oh, like yeah. that. Oh, yeah, Blue blueberries. You can't serve blueberries. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, trust me. I went but, to, like, Revelations Cafe in the past, and they had these big vegan, like, um, pancakes, and I put blueberries on it, and it, it was really good. It was just, like, blueberry syrup, so, yeah. 
Well, what works with ice cream is if the pancakes are warm, so they melt nicely, and it's just a fantastic combination. Interesting. I I never really thought of that. I would just think, like, you know, they're frozen ice cream mm. on it, and then just warm pancakes, and it's just... Do you also put syrup on it? Did you put syrup on your ice cream pancakes? Um, I don't think I have, but I'm definitely partial to syrup and pancakes. Um, most of the time for us, it's your normal standard syrup. Not maple syrup, because that's expensive. <laughs> oh, <laughs> expensive, yeah. It's like, come, come to the US only. I can show you some good maple syrup, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of Canadians out there who'd be like, try this. I'd love <laughs> to try it, though. Um, anything sweet is good for me, so... <laughs> yes. So, have you had maple syrup before on pancakes, or not really? Um... Um, I can't remember. I may have once. I'm not 100% sure, but the majority it means syrup or golden syrup. I can't remember the brand at the moment, but it's got green packaging in it. And okay. that's the syrup that we, we, we in the UK usually use. Oh, okay. All right. Then that's kind of interesting, though. What other desserts do you like? You know, because I know, like, for me, another dessert that's really good is some sweet potato pie and all that stuff, you know, as well as, like, I like some, I like some pecan pie, as well as some pumpkin pie. Uh, anything else that you like? I do like um, red velvet cake, carrot cake, multiple kinds of cake. One dessert that may seem out of the box, if you're not familiar with Asian cuisine, is um, mochi. Which is like a very gelatinous, sticky, stretchy cake made of rice. And it's basically pounded down a lot of times with a huge like mallet. It's mental. Um, <laughs> don't do food competitions with it though, because you could choke and die. <laughs> but, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But, there, yes, but basically there's like different yeah. flavours, like green tea, red bean paste. Red bean paste is actually quite nice. You may think, oh, beans, but it's actually <laughs> quite a sweet subtle flavor but chocolate mochi is nice you usually see that in like um your sushi which is a uk sushi chain and it's very indulgent it's nice and it's like small you usually get them sets of threes so it really, mm -hmm. it's really nice it's something i recommend to people to try don't try and eat it all at once or eat it all in the one or though because they're really <laughs> sticky <laughs> it, it it's very sticky and it it kind of reminds me of, I don't know, like, it seems like what you're describing, Oni, is like those Rice Krispie treats, you know, if you know what I'm talking about, or yeah, kind yeah. of like those rice cakes right. or something, you know? Like yeah. rice, wait, rice Krispie squares, things like that. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, they're like the typical baking 101, especially if you're teaching kids, it's like, let's make Rice Krispie squares, yeah, let's make chocolate <laughs> Rice Krispie squares, or chocolate cornflake cake things, and you yeah. get them in local bakeries, like Baines, for instance, a UK bakery chain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, make sure you mention that, you know, because otherwise in that, people outside the UK will not know what the heck Baines is, unless it's that, like, comic book character, but yeah, go ahead. Well, there's, there's a lot of names that you mentioned it's that I have no idea what they are. I, I know quite a few fast food names, even if some of them aren't in the UK, but when it's, like, more local places, I'm like, what's that? <laughs> what, is this, what is this place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that that's very interesting though, you know. But um one last thing, like um have you ever had sweet potato pie? No, I have not. I have I've had sweet potato and as much as I hate mashed potatoes and potatoes in general, sweet potato is one I could actually endure to a point unless someone mashes it up, then I won't eat it. But <laughs> it there's some the texture's slightly different, but I'd still be wary if you if if you don't like mashed foods, but it's it an interesting flavor, but I've not had it in a pie, that's for sure. 
So, um, is there a reason why you don't like mashed foods, or is it just like your own personal preference? It's a personal preference plus a sensory thing. Um, it just it just makes me feel sick. Unfortunately, I'm sorry for those who like mashed potatoes and chips. I I physically can't eat them, and I'm not a taste either. <laughs> so, sorry, I'm laughing. At that it's alright, <laughs> no, no. But speaking of egg baking, let's move on to our next guest, which is Colby McNeil. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Autistic Delicatessen. <laughs> thank you, thank you for having me. No worries. Could you explain your story on how Sweets in a Jar came to be? Yes, so back in the summer of 2019, it was in June, I was actually visiting Nashville, Tennessee, which is where my mother resides. I stay in Little Rock, Arkansas. I went to school at UAPB, just finished school actually. But anyway, every summer I will go out to Nashville, but for this particular summer, I wanted to make some money. So when I first went out there, I had intentions on starting actually a pressure washing company. So my mo- my mother's boyfriend, he that's um, what he has. That's what his company is, pressure washing. So my time there, at first, I was just pressure washing, learning the game and how to start my own pressure washing business, how to price and everything. So while I was learning how to pressure wash, which is a a good skill to pick up, I was also learning things about business and how to go about business. And as I was doing that, I was able to make a little money on the side. So uh, I would every uh, on the weekends, I would use those weekends to cook for my mom, just being a regular mama's boy, you know, and, um, I was cooking her uh, key lime pie one day, and that's her uh-huh. favorite dessert. She mm-hmm. loves key lime pie, so I decided to make that for her because before I got there, she would say how I never cooked for her no more. <laughs> so I, I, I was doing it. I, I wanted to do that for her, you know. So once I made that, she tried it, ate it, and she was like, Kobe, you need to drop that pressure washing and take on a business and desserts, sell these pies or something. The next few days, I was just thinking on ways I could sell desserts but i wanted to do it in my own way i wanted to find my own uh market and everything and what i've learned so far at this point was uh, a something called a niche market which is where basically it's, it's not it's not a big market it's not a lot of people doing it so it's a wide open range for customers so I figured I could put my pies in jars because me personally, I felt like the presentation of of a whole pie that I made didn't look too good, but it tasted amazing. So that's when Sweets in a Jar became. I started off just selling some key lime pie and red velvet cake. I started off just selling that in the Nashville area and and it did well. And I was promoting on my Instagram and everything. And I got some pretty good feedback. So I took it back to school with me in July. Uh, we used to do summer school football team. We used to have to do summer school and everything. When I went out to summer school, that's when I really wanted to give it a try. When I got on campus to see how everybody reacted to it. Once everybody started liking it, it was getting some good feedback. That's when I knew like this is going to be an actual thing for me. So from that moment in June, I built you know, a, a great vital business. You know, we've we've done so many things so far and have so many plans ahead as far as giving back. I just started a nonprofit as well. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm actually in the works of starting a nonprofit. I'm not going to say I just started one, but I'm in the works of starting one. 
So it's just it's giving me different types of ideas and different types of things I can do. And it's just been amazing so far. And I haven't looked back. Wow. Mm. Yeah, that's that's good. So uh, with my name, how I came up with the names, uh, I, I wanted to make it dedicated. I wanted all my names to me have a meaning behind it. So for most for majority of the flavors I have, they all dedicate to something uh, that I care about or something that's just relevant in my life. And so the red velvet cake is actually, I call that the crimson and cream cake. And the reason I call that the crimson and cream cake is a, is a dedication to my fraternity, Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated, with a wink to the Deltas as well, because we have the same colors. And that's uh. the colors of my fraternity. So that's why I wanted to name the red velvet cake that. Then I have my seven up pound cake and that's called the middle child and i call it the middle child because i feel like it's the most slept on cake but it's the best cake and i feel like that's how it is with the middle child like being a middle child and me i'm a middle child as well so i just feel like they always go under the radar as far as lifestyle because you just so in the middle and then you have that pretty girl, which is dedicated to the AKAs, and that's my strawberry cake, which is my bestseller this past month. It's been doing real well. So I have that, and then I have my honey bun cane, which is dedicated to my older brother, Kalen. Um, he goes by cane, and uh, his favorite snacks is honey buns, and he has epilepsy. So what I uh, decided to do with that cake was take all the shares that I've sold with that cake and donate it to my foundation and we're coming out with something for epilepsy so they can ride for free with the um, ubers because you know after you have a seizure for a year you can't drive mm. so mm. and for most people with epilepsy they have they can't drive because they, they have epilepsies you know on a regular basis pretty much so that's the cake that really is really special to me and everybody on the team with this business um and we take that cake very seriously um, we also have the Thriller and Vanilla Cake, and I came up with that name kind of throughout my the nickname I, I got playing football throughout the years. It was just a name I got in ninth grade from uh, my football coach. He called me McNeil the Thrill, so I just <laughs> wanted to give it a, a spinoff, uh, ah. you know, uh, for the cake. I just wanted to dedicate something to my football career. And then ah. lastly, but not sure, definitely not least, I have the white chocolate cake, which is the real MVP. And that's dedicated to my mama. She's very special to me, of course, like I mentioned before. So I had to give her a cake and she loves white chocolate. So I just decided to call it the real MVP because for those who don't know, when KD won the MVP of the uh, NBA, I think it was like 2014 or something like that. Whenever I think it, I, I believe it was then. But he shouted out his mama at the end and said she was the real MVP. Yeah, so, I, I, I saw that clip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah so, that was nice. Yeah. So that's that's why I just wanted to uh, dedicate that to my mom. And I have a few more flavors coming out to where I want to dedicate to other people. I have a lot of things in mind that I, I really want to do. So it's a lot coming. And as far as the uh, HBCU culture and football, it's an experience that's that's amazing that I'll never forget about. You know, the band going, the, the crowd, just everything about the um, atmosphere and I was just telling a friend this the other day just everything about the atmosphere of the HBCU crowd and the games is just amazing and it just mm. gives you a drive that you you can't even really can't even explain that's awesome I like how all the 
all the cakes have different uh, names and you've put a meaning behind them. Um, especially the, the real MVP. That's just awesome. <laughs> um, Thank you. No worries. Um, could you explain more on your charitable efforts? You mentioned one of your cakes proceeds go to the charity for epilepsy. What other efforts have you done? So um, we have that in the works as well as my subscription boxes. And we started our subscription service uh, when the rebranding came out about a month ago. And basically what the subscription it offers is the opportunity to get jars at a discounted price and they'll be getting sent to you every month as if like, you know, a regular subscription, you know, you pay every month to get the jars at a discounted price because most of my customers are loyal. You know, they come back most of the time. So I wanted to set them up with something, you know, they can get every month, you know, automatically straight to their door with customized boxes. The boxes is a dark blue color and it has every HBCU in the world on the box. The reason wow. for that is because mm. every box we send out is donated to a HBCU and the people who subscribe get to choose the HBCU they want donated to it. So say you donate, I mean, you subscribe today and you choose UAPB, the school I just graduated from. Well, every time I send a box out, a dollar is going to get donated there. And that's your dollar and everybody else who chose that school. So we plan on donating not really mainly to the school, but to the students, because that's who we're really trying to impact. We would love to get students on board to be ambassadors because we're really trying to push the subscription to college students. Because the main reason I wanted to start this business was because in college, you know, it's hard to get those home cooked meals and desserts, especially where I was going to school at. So I feel like, you know, with those college students getting those home cooked meals every month. You know, it will help them in the long run. It'll help them in school because, you know, they won't be as homesick and they won't be thinking about home so often because they'll have something to remind them of home. And food can go a long way, you know. So that's something that's very important to me as well. You know, HBCUs and the epilepsy, you know, those are two things that are very vital in the business. And that's what I wanted to use to start my nonprofit, which is going to be called Eat Good for Good. And that's the spinoff for the boxes. You know, you eat good for good once the boxes come every month to your house and you're doing good at the same time because you're donating to a student out there who needs it because we want to build scholarships for students who needs a little extra cash when they're in college you know so it's just different things we love to do and those are the only two donation uh as far as giving back we have right now but we have so many things we're open to so growing up that was one thing i always knew i wanted to do um, I never had much plans on what exactly I wanted to do until I got into business and stuff. But I always knew I wanted to give back. I've been getting blessed a lot since I started this business. So I feel like it's my duty to give back to those, you know, who I feel like needs it. Hmm. And who doesn't get the attention. Because it's a lot of people who get donations, but it's a lot of people who don't, you know. And a lot of people who don't get the recognition. A lot of people who need the donations, but don't get the recognition. I feel like it's my duty to find those who needs the recognition to donate to. Yeah, because really, like, um, with the whole HBCU experience, and for those people that are listening that don't know about this, HBCU means historically black colleges and universities. Um, because right. really, it's just like even for the whole black experience, you know. Because I personally have not been to an HBCU, but I've always heard stories, and you know, of course, the whole experience about it. You know, they're the ones like besides just regular colleges that really need the funding. It's something good that you're doing right there. Right, exactly. Thank you. 
Yeah, no problem. No problem. Yeah. So for you from having the HBCU experience, how do you think that does for you as a person in business trying to put like a whole black experience into it as well as like getting it out to like other types of people? I feel like being at an HBCU taught me a lot as a person as far as going about business, because before I got to college, I was so antisocial. You know, I, I was not social at all. So me being at that HBCU helped me a lot because, you know, at most HBCUs, they're not big at all. They're pretty small. So you see the same people pretty much every day. And, you know, it's, it's very close knit. Everybody's cool with everybody. You know, it's, it's never too much drama. So that there forced me to just how to handle people, how to go about certain things. And then when I joined my fraternity, we were able to do so many community service events and got to meet so many different people of different diversities. And another thing about HBCU that people may not talk about a lot of the time is how diverse it is. You know, I've went to school with people from so many different countries, white, black, or any color, you know, mixed, it doesn't matter. We all get along, you know. I had teammates who were white, black, mixed with all different. I had a teammate from Scotland, you know. So <laughs> and he's actually in the NFL right now. Shout out to Jamie Gillum. He he plays punter for the uh, Cleveland Browns. They call him the Scottish Hammer. So if you <laughs> heard of him? Check him out. He he's uh he's amazing. So I, I've met all different types of people at that school, and uh, I feel like that's helped me a lot for business as far as being social. And learning how to deal with certain situations. Another thing at HBCU, the resources there might be pretty scarce compared to the bigger schools. You know, it's certain things we don't have. So we got to make a lot out of what we already have. And I feel like that helps me a lot with my business because there has been times before I've got to this point, you know, I'm in a commercial kitchen now and everything is going well now. But before at this point, you know, I was in a friend's kitchen and I had to work with whatever I had at the time, you know. So just small things like that. I feel like a HBCU molded me into the man I am as far as this business goes and just in life general. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's something good right there. Yeah, I think that's fantastic to hear. Even just a university experience can change you in a way and push forward. Um, I used to be at university myself, but circumstances are totally different. It was just me wanting to do things because I wanted to learn, but that's helped me. And I use most of my media on podcasts and things like this, especially this right now. <laughs> <laughs> Another positive thing, uh, unrelated. Um, what's your favorite food in general? My favorite food in general, oh, that's that's kind of tough, <laughs> but I would have to go probably with fish, catfish. Mm. I love nah. catfish. My dad makes it every Saturday and vice family, so I love catfish. I, I actually love fish, period. It doesn't matter really how you cook it. I just love fish, so... Oh uh, yeah, let me tell you. Let me tell you something. Only if you have not had catfish, catfish is really good. You know, I know that whole thing. I don't know. It's like a southern connection, but it's like yeah. it's really. Yeah. Yeah, I don't Love think I've catfish. ever had it. Oh, <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, uh, you missing out. It's it's great. I actually made some the other night to uh, celebrate my graduation and everything. I invited some friends and grilled some fish and made some fish tacos. It really doesn't matter how you eat it. It's good. So It sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and this has come from someone who used to hate fish as a child, but uh, <laughs> adult, all my adulthood, I love fish. I love 
sushi i love battered fish rolls <laughs> i need to try more <laughs> fish stuff to be fair but it's been it's been a grower definitely <laughs> well that yeah that that's how it could be sometimes you know when you're a kid you you don't like certain foods and then you grow up to like it because that's how i was about like chicken pot pie i used to hate it as a kid but now i love it so yeah it, it could be like that sometimes i know so i'm um, kobe how should people know more about your desserts www.sweetsinajar.com. And then I also have an Instagram for those who want to follow me. It's your, Y-O-U-R, Sweets in a Jar. And my Twitter is Eat Good for Good. And then my Facebook is Sweets in a Jar. So y'all can go follow me out, out there on all three of those platforms. I also have a LinkedIn, which is my name, Kobe McNeil. So, yeah. Thank you very much, Kobe, for joining the Autistic Delicatessen. It was great having you here. Oh, thank y'all. I had a good time. Great, no worries. Kobe McNeil from Sweets in the Jar. Warnell, what did you think of the whole Sweets in the Jar story and such? I thought it was very interesting from Kobe. I liked the fact of how he was able to have this homemade idea about making his cakes and really just merging it onto putting it into a small jar. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, totally. I do like how there's a story for Sweets in the Jar and also a story for Kobe himself which bridges the two together, and it's fantastic to hear. (laughs) Yeah, definitely, definitely. And also with the charities for the universities and the epilepsy charity, it's it's a fantastic thing that that Colby's doing. Yeah, and really like from Colby learning from an HBCU, how he can be a really good entrepreneur and even get back to those like colleges because – here in America, those are really the colleges that are very underfunded. So yeah. any type of help they can get, you know, is good because these historically black colleges and universities, just to put a little history on it, you know, yeah. these were the ones that opened because there was a time in America that black people could not go to universities and all that type of stuff because yeah. of their race. So that's why these colleges even started, you know? Yeah. It also puts things into perspective because when you think university, you think, oh, they have all the money in the world, but no, they don't, especially specific ones like these ones. One of my colleges, not a university, a college, for those who who aren't familiar with the term outside the UK, because we have colleges in university, it's like a step down from university. My college I attended wasn't the most funded. (laughs) Um, they They basically take what they could get, so... Uh, it's a totally different circumstance, not the same as these, uh, but the whole funding thing I could understand at least. Hmm. Well, folks, if you want to check out more of what we have, please go on to the autistic Until next time, what you eat, what you drink is your story.